Dr. William? <laughs> Hold on, I'm running over to do the Heimlich maneuver right now. Okay. Don't wait just, till you get here. Just hold on. Oh, man. <laughs> And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back to the bins. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and that guy over there is Dr. Bill Robinson. Ooh, I'm scary. Oh, I'm a ghost. Scary Bill Robinson. And today we are doing a kind of a focus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suggested to Dr. Bill, because as you will recall, listeners... A couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks back, uh, Scott and I did an episode where we had where we covered Superman number two from 1940, and that got me kind of rethinking my Golden Age bias, and it's really a Golden Age anti-bias. You know, I I, I have a negative feeling towards a lot of Golden Age stuff. So I suggested to Dr. Bill, how about we do a spotlight slash focus episode on a Golden Age character? Dr. Bill took that idea and ran with it and said, who's a Golden Age indie character? And then he came back with the spirit. Uh, As it turns out, neither of us have much experience with that particular (laughs) character. I can tell you casual passing. Well, I can tell you, you know, I always heard how great it was and everything. And way, way back in time, I remember picking up an issue or two of it and just not getting, just not getting pulled into it. I don't even remember actually reading them. Uh, So it's a character that there's so much positive stuff out there about that I was, I'm definitely gung-ho to get a little bit of a background in it. What we ended up doing today is we have two very short spirit stories. Uh, they are actually the very the first two exp- uh, appearances of the spirit ever. So I'm kind of looking at this as being a prelude to our focus on the spirit. Because I think what we're going to do is we're going to follow this up with another episode where we cover a couple of the best spirit stories ever. And there are various lists out there, and I'm sure we'll be able to acquire them. So anybody listening who, you know, assuming you hear this before uh, we record the next one, if you have if you're a big spirit fan, let us know. If you have suggestions of must read spirit stories, let us know. And maybe, you know, maybe we can do a little something with that. Uh, Anything to add to that intro, Doc? 
Uh, no, other than, um, like I kind of just said a few seconds ago, that uh, I've never had a, I've never read anything really of the spirit. I, I had a, a vague understanding of the character that he, that he was human, but then, you know, that he was a crime fighter, but then possibly, like I, I had figured out or heard that he might have been supernatural because he, he lived in a graveyard. And I thought maybe he came back from the dead all the time, but I don't really know if that's the case or, you know, all I really have that I've read is just the two stories that we've got in front of us tonight. Okay, so, well, by way of background for the character, uh, the Wikipedia page gives a little, little bit of a background here. It says the spirit is a fictional masked crime fighter created by cartoonist Will Eisner. He first appeared on June 2, 1940, as the main feature of a 16-page tabloid-sized newsprint comic book insert distributed in the Sunday edition of Register and Tribune Syndicate Newspapers. It was ultimately carried by 20 Sunday newspapers with a combined circulation of 5 million copies during the 1940s. The spirit section, as the insert was popularly known, continued until October 5, 1952. It, is gen it generally included two other four-page strips, initially Mr. Mystic and Lady Luck, plus filler material. Eisner, the overall editor, wrote and drew most spirit entries with the uncredited assistance of his studio of assistants and collaborators, though with Eisner's singular vision a unifying factor. The spirit chronicles the adventures of a masked vigilante who fights crime with the blessing of the city's police commissioner, Dolan, an old friend. Despite the spirit's origin as a detective criminologist, Denny Colt, his real identity was rarely referred to after his first appearance, and for all intents and purposes, he was simply the spirit. The stories are presented in a wide, wide variety of styles, from straightforward crime drama and noir, to lighthearted adventure, from mystery and horror, to comedy and love stories, often with hybrid elements that twisted genre and reader expectations. From the 1960s to 1980s, a handful of new Eisner Spirit stories appeared in Harvey Comics and Warren Publishing and Kitchen Sink Press, variously reprinted the newspaper features in black and white comic magazines and in color comic books. In the 1990s and 2000s, Kitchen Sink Press and DC Comics also published new Spirit stories by other writers and artists. In 2011, IGN ranked The Spirit 21st in the top 100 comic book heroes of all time. Hmm. So that's the, you know, the basic history. Uh, what stands out to me as somebody who is not very well versed in this character is I always remember seeing these innovative splash pages or covers that reminded me in many ways of what I see from... Uh, Jim Steranko. Mm-hmm. But again, I was never really able to get a grasp on the character. And I think the same holds true for you because you said you've never actually read a story, right? No. I mean, usually the thing that always, when everybody would 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 mention the spirit, would be the hat, the domino mask. And I think later, like, the red tie, you know, him mm -hmm. running you know, running somewhere with the tie flapping over his neck. And that's really all I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, he's like a forties, like, 
not really along the line of the shadow, but the same time frame or the same setting kind of. Was yeah, what I that's got that's kind of the same feeling that I've always had, and and my hopes are, like I'm re- I'm actually really glad that you suggested that we do this character because I feel like I should have a much much greater appreciation for it than I do, and I'm hoping that by doing these two, who knows, maybe we'll even do more than that, focus episodes on him, that maybe my appreciation for him will grow and I'll start to understand. You know where all the love is coming whoa, from. Whoa, 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 whoa! I just read something like I was skimming down through the wiki. Did you see where it said TV movie? No, I didn't see that. Since the character was the subject of a 1987 ABC television movie starring Sam J. Jones as the spirit, Nana Visitor as Ellen Dolan. Wow. And Gary, Gary Wahlberg, who is Speed on The Odd Couple, as Commissioner Dolan. <laughs> The film served as a pilot for a planned TV series. I think we're going to need to get a hold of that before we do our next episode, <laughs> and we're going to have to discuss that in the next episode. I'm not sure how we can get a copy of it. I, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll do a dig later. I, I don't want to start digging now on YouTube. I don't know if that would even be there. Yeah, that may be the easiest source to get it on. Uh, for all I know, it's in the public domain already. Oh, true. But, uh, well, it was the subject, but was it actually made? I mean, it says. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm, I, I'm assuming it was made. Uh, the Spirit da, 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 Archive from the original. Uh, DVDtalk.com. Yeah, so there was in a uh, in a magazine. So there's some other footnotes down here in, in the article. have to look it up. What did, what did it say, 1987? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's on it's it's on IMDb. You know they have it listed on IMDb. Uh, oh, so I'm thinking I'm thinking we will be able to find it. Somehow. List price twenty one ninety nine. Buy now and save at Amazon. Hmm. Wow. Sorry. Just now I'm all like, ooh, excited and a visitor. Oh wow. Yeah, it'd be cool to kind of see her before you know, because the only thing I've ever seen Nana Visitor in is. Uh, DS9. I remember so it'd be cool to see it was, her from before then. She was in uh, the only other thing I've ever seen her in was uh, the Jessica Alba show, TV show, where she was uh, that James Cameron produced. Cannot remember it, or it had something to do with, and it had the guy that played uh, Denozo on NCIS. He was like the tech guy, or some like Overwatch type guy, I think, in a wheelchair. Don't know it. Hmm. So, yeah, there's a big write up here. I well, under DVD talk. There's a article that talks about it. So yeah, we'll love to dig into that later. Can Please. you dig it? Come on, man, you got to do it right. Yeah. Well. Can I'm... you dig it? All right. Uh, it's got to be available somewhere here. I don't know. We will find it. Yes. <clears throat> by hook or by crook, we will. No, no there's no crook. We're just... just sim- sim- simple tailors. We'll be sailing the internet seas for treasure. Har, har. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, you want to do the first entry or the second? Oh, 
you know, I read these and didn't even think about actually trying to synopsize them. But uh, well, I'll do the first one then. Okay. <laughs> and you could pick it up from there. Oh uh, no, I, 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 I um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> first, the first, the first story is called "The Origin of the Spirit," and it was published in Weekly Comic Book. Uh, Actually, just weekly comic book, it says, on June 2nd, 1940. And it is just only credited to Will Eisner. And the one that's here is in color. I don't know if the original presentation was in color. Well, I was saying that the, um, I thought it was in the originals were in color. These, uh, these are from uh, the uh, Will Eisner Spirit Archives, which volume one covers stories from June 2nd to December 29th of 1940. So the story opens up at Commissioner Dolan's office where, uh, I already forgot what his name is, uh, Denny Colt comes walking in and the commissioner is apparently troubled because Dr. Cobra has escaped from jail. Cobra! <laughs> so Colt uh, says that he that he'll, uh, he wants the reward for catching him, give him an hour head start, and he'll... You know, he'll have him wrapped up. Uh, the commissioner tells him, uh, you know, take it easy and be careful. He's a cunning old bird. So then we go to the crooked, narrow alleys that thread like gray veins through the dark heart of Chinatown. Now, I don't know if this is supposed to be San Francisco's Chinatown or New York's. Uh, good question. So I mean, uh, yeah. Colt goes... Down, down through a manhole and finds the secret lair of Dr. Cobra. And he's working with, I guess, his uh, lackey, whose name is Ling. Ling. Ling! So he's dead doing something. He's saying, more chlorine, Ling. Hurry, it's ready. Ha, ha, ha. I and don't quite have the, the pool water set at the right acidic value. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Denny Colt comes in and says, the game is up, Dr. Cobra. I'm taking you in. And Dr. Cobra already knows him because he says, Denny Colt, always the police interfere with my experiments. Yes. Someday e- they will down. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it has two E's. E-E-N-T-E-R-F-E-R-A. So as he's he's holding his gun to Dr. Colt, uh, Ling jumps down at him. And Ling is a... I guess a large African-American man who's only wearing a pair of red pants. You know, he's shirtless and shoeless. And he jumps down on him, and he's got a knife in his hands, and uh, he and Colt fight. But while that's going on, agilely with the speed of a panther, Dr. Cobra leaps, and claw-like fingers close about Denny's face. Off balance, he's hurled against the wall. He fires blindly, smashing the vat of liquid, and with a deafening hiss, the liquid gushes out in an exploding stream. Denny is caught in it. Instinctively, he throws his hands over his face. Drenched in the liquid, Denny sinks to the floor. Dr. Cobra drags his aid out through a secret passage. And behind them, dimly outlined by the strange light cast by the equally strange chemical, the body of Denny Colt lies rigid and unmoving. A few minutes later, a siren shatters the quiet of the night as Dolan and his men arrive on the scene. They come in and they find Denny Colt's body, and it is totally uh, motionless, and they say he's dead, and they call for the coroner. 
The coroner says the man is dead. Rigor mortis has already set in. I'd call it heart, fa heart failure because there's no serious wounds. And on the next day, it appears that that, that was headline news. Denny Colt criminologist killed while attempting to capture a notorious madman. So the following evening in a sub in a suburban cemetery, a fantastic sight meets the eye, and we see someone crawling out of the grave. An hour later, at police headquarters in Commissioner Dolan's office, a man who's in the shadows comes in and says, Keep your seat, Commissioner. I'll do the talking, and don't reach for that gun. That's right. Just sit back and listen. Now, there's a big reward out for the capture of Dr. Cobra. I've come to claim it. Have the money here, and I'll deliver Cobra in three hours. So the man is still in the shadow, shadows, and he says he's not going to let uh, Commissioner Dolan see his face, but for identification, you can call me the Spirit. So the Spirit leaves as quickly as he came, and uh, Dolan calls the coroner and says, Are you sure Denny Colt is dead? The coroner. Mm -hmm. The coroner says, I've been pronouncing deaths for nigh on 20 years. Reckon I know a dead man when I see one. And oh, he says, yeah, I'll tell you, O'Rourke, the old man's been touched ever since Denny Colt died. <laughs> he's making a circle with his finger on his head. Like, yeah, like he's got a screw loose. Yeah. So then uh, Dolan gets into a cab, and the cab driver is a very ethnically insensitively drawn black gentleman uh, and based upon the uh, based upon the description on Wikipedia that is or is the name Ebony White who uh, is the spirits African-American side sidekick the character's name is a racial pun and his facial features including large white eyes and think pickish lips are typical of racial blackface characters popular throughout the Jim Crow era. Eisner later admitted to consciously stereotyping the character, but said he tried to do so, so with responsibility and argued that at the time, humor consisted in our society of bad English and physical difference in identity. The character, who was consistently treated with respect by the story's fellow cast members, developed beyond the stereotype as the series progressed, and Eisner also introduced such African-American characters as the no-nonsense detective Gray, who defied popular stereotypes. Ebony de debuted as a resourceful taxi driver in the first Spirit section. He became a mainstay of the strip and a principal member of the Spirit's supporting cast until Eisner faded him out of the narrative in mid-1949 and replaced him with another assistant, a Caucasian boy named Sammy. Ebony's last starring role in a Spirit story a semi-regular event in which he was the focus of the story rather than the spirit himself, was Young Dr. Ebony, published on May 22, 1949. So back to the story itself. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, I got confused here. Crane takes the, uh, not Crane, what's the commissioner's name? I forgot already. Dolan. Dolan, yeah. Dolan takes the taxi cab uh, to the cemetery and in the meanwhile, there are uh, two men at the cemetery, and uh, one of them says he's scared. The guy handled him, handed him a tombstone, and while this is going on, the spirit confronts them and says, put your hands up, get, go, get into that tomb, and I'll tell you what's going on later. 
I'm the spirit of good, but I can also be the spirit of evil. Tell me where Dr. Cobra is hiding. So they say they don't know. He believes they're lying. And he basically, it looks to me as if he kind of gives them a little bit of a beating, but then they run off. And then as he's dealing with this, uh, Commissioner Dolan comes in and sees that it's Denny Colt and that he's alive. He says, I thought I recognized your voice back in my office. Came down here on a hunch to make sure you were dead. Colt's answer is, officially I'm dead, but as you can see, I'm really quite alive. When I tried to capture Cobra, that vat with some chemicals in it smashed. I was put into a state of suspended animation. Believing me dead, you fellows buried me. I came to several hours later and broke out of my grave. Thank God they didn't embalm him, huh? (laughs) Or even just conduct an autopsy. Yeah. So he, uh, Dolan, Dolan, uh, is trying to ask him some questions, but Colt says, you know, he wants to follow those two guys because they're going to run right to Cobra to warn him. And that's exactly what they do. They run in and say, guy who calls himself the spirit had us in the gra- graveyard. So, uh, Dr. Uh, Cobra immediately knows what's going on. My liquid works. Ha ha. Colt or the spirit, as he calls himself, is living proof. So they say they want to get out of there and, Cobra says, no, that's just what he wants to do. We'll wait. So they they wait until the spirit approaches them. But then as he's climbing down to confront them, one of the guys attacks him. He flips that guy over. And meanwhile, Dr. Cobra plans a hasty departure. But Colt comes in and he engages the other thug in battle. He beats him. And then Dr. Cobra's running away, and ultimately he gets into a, uh, he swings over a path, and how does he exactly, oh, he's a, he's ready to, to jump, I, I got confused for a second, I forgot exactly what went on, he uh, swings over onto a ledge above a path where Colt is coming through, and he's ready to dive down on him, and he gets shot by the police commissioner who saved him. So, he says, uh, oh, the commissioner asks him, what are you planning to do, lad? And Colt says, remain dead and take up the job of being the spirit. You know, Dolan, there are crime, criminals and crimes beyond the reach of the police, but the spirit can reach him. But how about food and money? Where will you live? In the cemetery. As for money, I'll collect the rewards. Oh, we spirits get along fine. Here's my card. He gives him a card that's... Uh, shaped like a gravestone and says the spirit address wildwood cemetery so dolan warns him remember if you step outside the law i'll arrest you and colt's answer is if you catch me goodbye at that point uh a police officer comes running up that he heard shooting and dolan says yes it's dr cobra i uh just captured him and that's the end of the first story so what do you think of the first introduction to the spirit? Well, I'm trying to think to like to relate the art to something like I'm familiar with the Batman and the Superman art of the time frame, and to me, this looks the thematically like it, but I think it looks better 
I would uh, agree. I think this looks a little bit more advanced than the artwork we're yes. getting in this era. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was looking for. It's like something you would see more, you know, in the 60s or 70s, like an EC comic. But now I'm thinking it was just probably like, well, when was Bernie Wrightson? He was in the 60s. Was he in the 50s? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, it, it's 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 drawn kind of like some of the EC comics, but it's still got – it's not as – Kitty looking as like the Dick Tracy or you know what I mean, right? Yes. I mean there okay. are elements of it where it's not it's not it doesn't look like a modern comic and there's elements. It doesn't where, but it doesn't look like the comic of the era it's in. We also have and I know this is one of your favorite elements, where certain panels bleed into the panel next to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because, like, the first time I ever remember seeing that, like, used to effect was uh, Neil Adams, and this is way before that. Yeah, Neil Adams would have been a little kid at this point, if, assuming he was alive. I'm trying to – I don't remember when Neil Adams was born, but if he was oh, alive, yeah, he, it's all if he, was alive he wasn't very old. I even missed some of it, but, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is yeah, – it, uh, It's definitely got non-traditional panel placement. They're not just squares, like like the first pages, but then you get into like these angled ones, you know, with these odd shaped parallelogram. Well, not a parallelogram. I mean, you know, just like a, a four sided one, but it's all different trapezoids and stuff, and circles. And then Doctor Cobra's head is overlapping two panels, and he's knocking, laying out of a panel, like his feet are sticking out. Like he's, it gives it a three D element, so somewhat. And the character drawings are, they're simplistic and cartoony, but they're also, there's also a greater level of, they're not, they're not drawn for children. They're not cartoony. Uh, I'm Until not sure you get the, right the ebony. Wording. Yeah, well, he's very cartoony, but yeah. it, it almost, you know what it almost looks like to me? Like, like an, what would later be in like underground comics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like a heavy metal yeah. um, type or or like a horror comic somewhat. And then like the the reveal with Denny Colt alive, that's, you know, alive, alive. You know, that's that's a pretty nice, nice looking panel there. Yeah, there's definitely some good stuff in there. So this, this, the story is it's presented in a fairly simple way but i still think it's it's got kind of like a more i don't know more more i'm gonna, choosing the wrong word here but almost a more gothic feel about it than the mm. traditional superhero origins you know right off the bat that he's pretending to be dead or or you know taking on that so that he can work anonymously and basically giving up his entire personal life. So mm. I think that this, you know, there's some cool elements to this that it's it's laying out in this you know relatively short story. I mean the the first story is There's a lot that happens in only 7 pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think the uh the synopsis kind of tells you that too just cuz it took a while to describe everything that went on in it. Yeah. I mean because when I was reading it I was like, oh, what page am I on? Three? My God, I feel like I've been reading forever. 
Well, it is the antithesis of what we complain about in comics about the uh, decompressed stories. There's this just so much. You could you could have made this a, a twelve page min a twelve issue miniseries easily. Just this one story. Well, I don't think I go that far. You don't <laughs> think so? I think you could. I think I, you I could seriously do. could. You set up a background for for Denny Cole. Oh and, yeah, and, and his relationship with the background of all, and, all the characters. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. where uh, this. You know, Dr. Cobra came from. There's just so much stuff in here. Yeah. Because what I, is Dr. Cobra's cause goal? Is he's so he's got Dr. Cobra's got some type of skills or strength. Is it from the chemicals that he's done? And what was he, he was creating? Some type of life elixir, or who knows? Yeah, he's got some, he's got something going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Sounds like. People are home. Why, why do people have to come home? They'll make noise. Uh, I may have to mute. <laughs> so, but, you know, overall, I don't, I, I, you know, my feeling is this isn't really totally indicative of what we're going to get. Because, I, you know, this, this is pretty simple. And it's, uh, you know, my understanding is that they wanted... Eisner to do a traditional superhero and this was his compromise you know he wanted somebody who was a little bit more uh, down to earth a little bit more down to earth in some ways and a little bit more film noir kind of mm-hmm. in a lot of ways so I think he you know he played with the tropes a little bit and I think as time went on and the character developed more personality he also or more uh, popularity rather I think he he also developed the ability to do more with it as he chose. Mm-hmm. So I think as the character develops, we're going to see a lot more depth and interesting things go on. Uh, and that's where I'm interested in, in eventually getting to, you know, what what are his best stories? You know, give us a couple of those to, to read. Yeah, the only I I I forgot the only other exposure I had to the spears I've seen some a couple snippets of the of the movie that came out a few years ago, and maybe that's where I was getting some of the um, the idea in my head that he's had some type of uh, supernatural element to him. Now I didn't even see all of that movie, so I'm not quite sure where I how I got that. Wow, that was in 2008. Jeez, I didn't realize it was so long ago. God, I'm getting old. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, my God, the cat wants to eat. As long as the cat doesn't want to eat you. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I am quite meaty. So. And hold the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get that, that's a deep dive back into our Warner Brothers. <laughs> Don't forget the gravy. Shut so up. Any, any other thoughts on this initial story before we move on to the second one? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, Alvin had something to say there. Uh, well, <laughs> what's Alvin's take on the story? Ah, uh, no, no. I think right. I think it's pretty good. 
So then why don't we rate this initial one before we move on to the next? Yeah, we don't really have a cover, so... No, we don't have a cover, but the story itself, I think it's chock full of stuff. Uh, you know, I do feel always well, worthwhile you know what? We to kinda, mention... We kind of do have a cover. Well, this, the cover is the... Nope. Oh, you talk about the uh, the first panel? Yep, the top of the page, because I just look on the second story and it's different. And, it's, and I went to the third one and it's different as well. Okay, so on so, the first one... The, the panel, it shows kind of a close-up of Denny Colt's face with the words The Spirit by Will Eisner. And then in the background, we see a, a silhouette of a cityscape in the background. But then closer to that, there's a silhouette the of a... Yeah, the mid-ground. Good, good description. There's a, the silhouette of a cemetery. Uh, and then I, I guess it's the moon in the background. Mm. Uh Little, little scratchily drawn, but I think well, well rendered and you know decent quality. So I'm gonna, if we're gonna count that as the cover, I'm gonna say uh, just a B on that. Uh, yeah. I, I do feel that it's always important to say, you know, for stories of this nature, when we're looking at something that's this far in the past, uh, I always feel the, the need to mention that I'm gonna try my best to review it with an eye towards what the storytelling and comic book tropes of the time were, uh, because I think it's unfair to, to rate things like this based upon today's standards. So based upon the standards of the day, I think this art artwork is beyond what we were seeing from other artists. I think this is as good as we were going to see from any artist in this day. Uh, so I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it an A plus on the artwork, again, rating it for its time. The story itself, as I said, is jam-packed with stuff. There's a lot of good things. Uh, you could, you know, I, I would like to see a lot of these things fleshed out as time goes on, but just from a one-story point of view, I, I think it's terrific, and I'm going to say an A minus on the story. Hmm. So overall, I'm going to give the book, give the first issue an A. Yeah. Because it does make me want to read more. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll give what what we're calling the cover a B, and you know, there's a lot of little things in the art that there's like, you know, when the commissioner is trying to get rid of him out of his office, there's little speed lines, and then there the the last panel on page one where he's holding his pipe up and he's you know he's got smoke coming out of it and stuff, but look way in the background, there's like a a, a it looks like a woman going through the door. See that? Which page are we on? Page one of the story, last panel. Yes. Yeah. That detail so, doesn't need to be there. That's true. I mean, I mean you could see on a lot of them, you know, if you look just on There's that page, a lot of little details. Yeah, there's a lot of background stuff that didn't necessarily have to be there, and it shows an attention uh to what he's presenting that that's probably again beyond what you would normally expect in this day and age yeah and then then when he's in in the in, in the sewers a lot of the you know the uh, you know you've got all, all the blocks with the cracks and the water dripping and it's just there's a lot a lot of little detail here so the the art i'm i'm gonna give the art an, uh an a and the uh and the story I mean, it's a simple story, but it conveys a lot of information in these set in just a few scant pages. So, 
I'm going to give it an, uh, an, an A as well. And, you know, the book, uh, well, the story is an A. Cool. So let's do our second one. All right. So in June 9th, a scant week later, we have the return of Dr. Cobra with the spirit by Will Eisner with this time our, our what we will call our our cover is uh, the spirit stands off to the left looking somewhat over his shoulder to the well our left our but, but he's looking over his left shoulder back a ways to where you know or to the side where we see the spirit written out this time a different font from the last time it kind of Smaller S goes up to a larger T at the other end, kind of, you know, in drawn in a 3D way. But there's uh, some thugs. One's knocked out and slumped over the P, and the other one is sticking between the R and the I, looking like he's getting ready to shoot at the spirit. So our story has um, we have a, a young couple riding the taxi that Ebony is driving. And as they're going by the Wildwood Cemetery, he's like, well, you know, uh, you know, he, he wants to get past there pretty quick because he just man, maybe he doesn't like being by the cemetery. But up ahead on the road, a lithe figure dangles from a limb suspended only by his toes. See, this is where I'm thinking, did he get these powers from this? Like he's, you know, he's really acrobatic or mm-hmm. very smooth. So as the taxi zooms under the limb his hands deftly grasp the windshield and see like a little alley-oop with no apparent effort he swings feet first into the cab pardon me the intrusion but i'm in a hurry and he you know he says yeah you know taxis don't pass often uh through here and he puts a gun to ebony's head and says keep going until i tell you to stop driver and he's like yes boss so at the edge of town, he says, stop here. I hope I didn't trouble you. Thanks for the lift. Uh, I'll pay for the cab fare. Good night. And the the gentleman stammers, good night. And then, uh, you know, uh, the lady asks, well, of all the nerve, who is he? Only one man I ever heard of like him, lady. The spirit. And a few minutes later, the taxi arrives at police headquarters. There's a light on in father's office. <laughs> He'll be surprised to see us, Homer. Oh. So the young couple is the is where well, it's our old friend Commissioner Dolan, and this is his daughter with her fiance come to visit. Uh, and she tells her her dad, Daddy dear, I'm taking an exam in psychology this month. I wonder if you'll let Homer and me look through the mental ward <laughs> to see some actual cases. That's sure, a darling. Great idea. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Right this way. And Faith, be careful. Some of them are dangerous. That's what the uh, the average uh, descript cop um, says. Hello. Yeah, this is now. Now we're back back to the commission. Hello. Yes, this is Dolan. Oh, it's you, Spirit. You you captured Millie. Good. Bring him down to headquarters. So obviously the Spirit is working around, still you know getting his uh, earning his keep, earning his money. So. Uh, as as the uh, the lovers are looking on, uh, says, uh, hmm, now now here's a typical case of claustrophobia, which I don't know how you can tell that maybe they're reading a chart because it's just a person 
that we don't even see laying in a bed. <laughs> and meanwhile, there's like a partition in, in the room, and, and you see a person behind it going, Sst. and I was, oh, you frightened me. Shh, don't let, don't let the guard hear you. They beat me terribly for the slightest thing. Listen, I'm a great scientist. The police are always arresting me just as I'm about to complete an experiment. You've heard of me. Dr. Cobra is my name. And if you have any pity, please help me to escape. So we have Dr. Cobra with his like buzz cut haircut and beatnik beard and a big bandage wrapped around his head. <laughs> oh, poor, poor man. Of course we'll help. Won't we, Homer? And Homer just looks like a doofus. He looks like uh, Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. Pretty sure Homer is a doofus. Yeah. So the the three slip past the guards and clamber down the fire escape. Well, I'm glad it's such a well-maintained and uh, high-security mental ward. There's a car below waiting for me. You, uh, for me. You see, I have friends. Hey, boss, who are these monkeys? They helped me escape. Uh, get them into the car quickly. I say, Doctor Co. <laughs> <He's very tall. laughs> well, that's, that's who I was thinking of when I read this. I say, Dr. Cobra, where are we going? <laughs> to to my hideout. Any objections? Now, Dr. Cobra's all, uh, you know, big and bad. Meanwhile, at Dr. Cobra's headquarters. Listen, guys, Cobra ain't ever going to escape now. I got brains. I'm going to take over this mob. Really? What amazing strength for one so small. Dr. Cobra lifts the thug by the throat. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to any more of you who think you can outsmart me. Well, now they actually have a meanwhile. That meanwhile was a little preemptive. Meanwhile, at police headquarters, she's gone. No news of my daughter yet. What? Okay, that's a little. (laughs) He just realized she's gone, and then he says in the same breath, no news of my daughter yet. Anyway, so the door slams, and behind the door is the spirit. As What's all the excitement, Dolan? The spirit. What's all the hubbub, bub? What's all the hubbub, bub? So with the spirit, he's got a he's got a little uh, thug guy with him. He's like, Doctor Cobra escaped and took my daughter with him. I've got the whole force out. No luck. I'm nearly crazy with worry. I didn't know you had a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Maybe Mealy here knows where Doctor Cobra generally hides out. Talk, Mealy. I only know one of his hideouts. That's the warehouse on Pike Slip. Honest, Spirit. Better let me go alone, Dolan. Dr. Cobra is too smart to be caught this easily. I'm not taking any chances. My daughter's life is at stake. Hello, this is Dolan. Roll out. I think you should be giving him like a totally uh, Irish brogue. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll get it next time. (laughs) Siren screaming. The police streak through the city. Come out, Cobra, or we'll blast you. No answer. Fire! Wait, <laughs> quick. Nothing like there could be hostages in there. Oh, so when they open fire on, on the on the hideout, the entire building goes up with a large boom. There's no one in there. He set a trap of bomb. Knew we were coming. The spirit was right. But meanwhile, the spirit searches for Dr. Cobra in his own way. So he's disguising himself as like a a bum, basically. Through the narrow streets of the underworld, he shuffles, disguised as an old man. Oops, pardon me. Hey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, the spirit. 
at midnight. I will. It's it's got one of his tombstone cards. Now you think they're cards or the little stones that he chips the words into? No, I think they're cards, but it's just cool. It's just a cool look. <laughs> at midnight, I will kill Doctor Cobra, the spirit. Hugs and kisses. At Doctor Cobra's hideout, the message is reported: the spirit's coming to get you. Barricade the doors. Get guns. Where? Where can I hide? Don't lose your temper, honey, Homer. Don't lose your temper, Homer. Look here, you. You're crazy. <laughs> I say, old boy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, yeah. Oh, no one says that to me and lives. Suddenly, the wheels are in motion. And, oh, wait, that's Xanadu. That comes way, way, way too much later than this. The spirit smashes through like an overhead, uh, overhead, uh, what do you call those things? Glass, uh... Chandelier? No, no, no. It'll be a light. Skylight! Yeah. Comes through a skylight, but it's dark, so it would be a dark skylight. Mm -hmm. So he... A sky dark. A sky dark. (laughs) A dark sky. So he kicks... He lands on Dr. Cobra, and uh, uh, one of the... One of the guys had chucked a chair at him, and he ducks, and it goes over him, hits another guy, and he grabs another guy by his uh, his jacket. He's, come here, I want to talk to you, and you just can put in the Scott Gardner <laughs> sound effect there. In the only language you'll understand, you know, gives him a wallop, knocks him right back against the wall, and uh, Terry Thomas slash Homer's, I say, no, you don't, Cobra. Fool! And he cold cocks. Homer with the gun, and then he slugs uh, the commissioner's daughter, like just cold cocks her with his fist. But, I mean, she was getting ready to hit him with a lead pipe or something there. And goodbye, spirit, and shoots him on the way out the window. Shoots the spirit, Dr. Cobra does. and But he only nicked him. Nick me. Got to keep after him if I can only reach the roof. And see, now this is a scene I kind of remember from the movie. Like the spirit running across rooftops, kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's running. He's balanced on the edge of a roof. He falls off the roof. And you can see uh, there's there's the the time-old honor tradition of hanging your laundry out, out the window uh, back, I guess, back in the 40s. I don't know, Paul. Do you remember when you hung your laundry out the window in the 40s? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, Wait. I do. <laughs> On his way down, he's luckily able to grab a few and slow his fall and eventually is able to safely. Uh, a moment later, the spirit drops lightly to the sidewalk just behind the fleeing cobra. And as cobra tries to shoot him, click, click, empty, bah. And of course, like all good villains do when they run out of bullets, they throw the gun at the uh, at the hero. That's what I do. Including Superman and then Superman often ducks. But that's a story for another day. That's Dr. Cobra. Close in. Cops, stay where you are. I've got a bomb. I'll blow you all to kingdom come. Drop that bomb, Cobra, the spirit says as he comes up from behind. Bang! And he shoots Cobra. And he does like that, like that, uh, like when you get shot and he's like spitting in a circle like, oh, like, like a Looney Tunes character. A faint smile crosses his face as he pulls the cap from the grenade. And uh, Dr. Cobra rolls down the stairs and ba-boom! I guess uh, we won't be seeing Dr. Cobra again. 
That's and what I was wondering. You know, if if it's gonna be one of these things where in an old, you know, an old comic story, the guy is clearly dead, but somehow he's back again. You know, next issue. Well, he's not back next issue because I glanced ahead and read that one, but uh, we'll have to wait and see if he's back further down the line. But uh, so the next several days later at Commissioner Dolan's home, uh, you could see a a headline. But this you can actually read some. It says Doctor Cobra killed after a sharp gun battle. The police and a mysterious person known as the Spirit cornered the escaped mad criminal. On the docks near Water Street, realizing he was trapped, Dr. Cobra blew himself up with a homemade bomb. <laughs> the end. Ah, spirit, I've invited you to this little dinner for my daughter. Uh, is announcing her engagement to Mr. Homer Creep. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> Indeed, congratulations. Now, you know what? Now he's wearing the domino mask. I don't think he was wearing the domino mask earlier. No, I... I... Noticed oh yeah, he well, was. He, he did have it when he uh, when he fought Cobra. Yeah, but did he have it when he jumped in the cab? Because he didn't have it. The, yeah, he did. He had it pretty much all through here, but he didn't have it the first. Um, no, he never had the Domino mask in the first story. It's only here that the Domino mask shows up on the first. Because yeah, that's even in the. Wait a minute, hold on. No, it's not even in the cover of the first story. Nope. Domino Mask appears in the second story. It was not in the first story at all. Now i got to get all the way back to that story. Oh, there we go. And this is kind of a, I guess it's kind of a sexist ending. So he says, indeed, congratulations. Ah, and as my gift, may I be permitted to uh, renovate your fiancé? And the fiance's there. She's got glasses. Her hair's all up, and and she's like, Why, "Very librarian looking." Yes, yes. Why? What do you mean? Ha, ha, sure, if you don't change it too much, old boy. That's a terrible. I thing. say. I say. Make us sexy. No, merely remove these glasses and loosen, lo- loosen her hair. <laughs> and presto, I give you a new Ellen. Gosh, you are. Beautiful. Oh, and she looks pretty hot. Well, she looks different. <laughs> no, no, and, there's, uh, there's a big improvement. Yeah, she she Charlie. went from she went from librarian looking to like uh, Hollywood I'm star. To, I'm trying to remember what the the uh, there's a particular Hollywood star, the, a blonde, uh, Veronica Lake, I think it is. That I'm uh, yeah, of. yeah, or uh, who was the pinup girl in World War One? Betty, no. Yeah, Betty Page. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm thinking, though. Oh, maybe it is Betty Page. No, not that one. Uh, a blonde. Hmm. Anyway. Betty Grable? Yes, that's it. Yes. But she could also be like uh, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn's more of that librarian look. Ah, darling. <laughs> <clears throat> now may I claim my reward? So he taps all Homer on his shoulder, leans in and gets a big old smooch off of uh, the commissioner's daughter. And the commissioner's in the background like, oh, it's like, oh, snap. Before there was an oh, snap. And now, good night, everyone. And may you two be very happy. And then uh, 
God, I forgot her name. Uh, what is Miss it? Do- Miss Dolan. <laughs> Thanks. No, she had a name because it's like early on. Uh, okay, yeah, I know we're terrible. Yeah, we, we suck. We do. Wait a minute. Was it in this one? I cannot find her name. That's okay. Ellen. Ellen. Okay, that made a big difference. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Shut shutting up. up. Oh, yeah, it's right there on the... Why do I have to go back to the first page? Because it says, Impresto, I give you a new Ellen. Ah, such, such a boob. And Ellen says, oh, Homer, perhaps you better give me a little more time to think over our engagement. Dun, 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 dun. The spirit again foils the denizens of the underworld and another exciting adventure next week. So this is interesting because as we discovered, this is the appearance of the domino mask. So, I mean, because last time he was a spirit, but yet he wasn't disguising himself in any way. Um, and he seems to have some more athletic, acrobatic abilities than perhaps he did before. Uh, I mean, I guess we're building... I mean, I don't know if we're going to see Ellen and Homer more. I think we are. I, I think we're definitely going to see Ellen more. I don't know about Homer. Yeah. But, you know, second episode in, or issue in, we may see the death of a major uh, Dr. Cobra. Don't know if we'll ever come back again. True. Very curious. I, don't know. I tried to look him up, and I couldn't really find much. So I don't know. Yeah, we've got uh, again. We've got the going out of the panels with a lot, of, a couple of the fight scenes here and there, or characters' hats or other things sticking out um, from one side to to, to the other. Uh, he's still staying above board, although jumping in a taxi and putting the gun to the taxi driver's head. Yeah, you paid the fare, but did you have to put a gun on the cabbie? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of uh, poor Ebony. Trying to find line there, man. So, uh, yeah, so we do have recurring characters. We still have Dolan. We have Ebony. We have the spirit, obviously, because he's the main character. Uh, and like I said, we introduce more. And but we, wait, uh, there's more. But wait, act now. Get a blown to smithereens, Dr. Cobra doll. So, uh, yeah, I'm seeing more of the, like, the look of Ellen at the end. That's to me. That's got more of that a certain heavy metal style. Uh, and again, maybe a touch of the EC Comics. We we're oh, also you know seeing what? a lot of like really. I don't know if it's experimental or just different angles. You know, things looking down from above at at an angle. At the scene, we, you know, we're getting different angles on these shots that you, you know, I don't think you'd expect. Well, like the act. guy holding the guy holding the card, you're basically looking at the card up at the guy's face, like when he says the the spirit. He's looking down at the card. You're looking at the card, basically looking up at his face, like if you were looking up at him. And um, I don't want to say it's foreshadowing, but we get. And then, like that next panel, you get the 
you see you see the skyline. Um, Doctor Cobra's talking. We skip another panel, and then the spirit smashes through the skyline we just saw, and he comes through the top of the panel. Well, I mean, you know, he just comes. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like it's got it's got a flow to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, when I, I think there's an intuitive storytelling here that is beyond what we would generally see in this era. And when he's walking, um, when he's disguised as the old man, you've got the multiple feet, like it's his feet, but in different shades and overlapping one another, showing he's just walking and walking, shuffling and looking and looking, you know. And all that one panel portrays, you know, you can see the passage of time by the amount of feet and the it's, different colors they it's are. It's a montage scene in one in panel. In one panel. Out yes. of three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen on the page. Yeah. So he manages to put a montage panel in there. That's pretty you know, incredible. And, and and then with with the police siren screaming, the police streak through the city, and you have two motorcycles and a cop car, and they're in this long narrow panel across the middle of the of the of the page. And then when they get to the the building where Cobra is, they've got all the spotlights up on the panel on, on, on the on the building, and they open fire and it just blows the pieces. Now that's a little hokey, the way the explosion, but still, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's telling. There's so much in here for seven pages. Yep, pretty impressive. And I, I, I there's elements to this. You know, this parts of it where it's silly. Uh, you know the whole thing with with the how how just how dumb the daughter and the boyfriend are that well, they're like oh of course we'll help you yeah he is drawn a little inconsistently though because in the first when he's in the cab he's like really skinny mm-hmm. I mean he's got a weird shaped head and then a little later his head gets a little bigger but then by the end man that guy's head is huge it's, it's just huge like I mean you know. Yeah, and he's got like big giant buck teeth. Not even buck teeth, like all his teeth are just like like a massive overbite. I mean, he's really not drawn in a nice way. No, well, I I think they want you to to not like him. And then when uh, when the spirit kind of gives her her makeover, he looks to me he looks salacious in the way he's looking at her. Yeah, he's like he's a lecherous. So, you know. so they automatically have you rooting against him because of that look. And then when she starts saying, well, maybe we need to, need to rethink this engagement, you're like, yeah, good. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Well, yeah, maybe that's, you know, from the 1940s, that's actually given given a woman a say in the matter. Hmm. So, but, uh, you know, I got to say considering I had no familiarity with the spirit to speak of, I'm pretty happy that we took a look at this so far, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, so I, I guess a rating. Uh, uh, so, like I said, our, our quote-unquote cover, the first panel, is is different from the last one which you would hope so, being a kind of a cover. I don't know if this trend will continue, um, but we're not going to cover every single spirit story. 
At least I don't think we are. <laughs> um, yeah, well, coming soon, the Spirit Cast. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus, A minus, just for the originality. I mean, because if, if there's even shadows of the letters, and then the guy's hiding behind the letters, shooting at him. It, it's it's just a pretty neat cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interior art. I mean, aside from now the first page, like with driving through the woods, and you see the you see the driving on the road and you see the cemetery and like the, like the, the detail on the trees when he's hanging from it with the leaves and everything. It's pretty detailed. Then the detail kind of goes away in the middle and some of the fight scenes is a lot of like, just a lot of colored backgrounds. Um, but the characters are still detailed and then it picks back up again towards the end. Until like maybe the last few panels, where the only detail is is you know in again stays in the characters. So, uh, and Homer's a little inconsistent, but I'm still gonna give it a B plus, a a minus. And the story, you know, they're, they're a little dopey in that they're so gullible, but you know, they're not the hero. So, the hero I think pretty much at this point has to be the smartest guy in the room. Him and maybe the commissioner, so and Doctor Cobra, although he blew himself up. Um, so I'm going to give it a B minus or B plus A minus. So it's it's a, it's like just squeaks over the A line, I think. Kind of teeters on it for me. Yeah, so not as good as the first one. Yeah, that that pretty much encompasses my thoughts on it. Uh, I like the, like you said, the originality of the uh, title sequence. Uh, and, there, you know, for such a simplistic drawing, again, there's some details in there, like the smoking gun, uh, the angle of the guy's foot behind the, uh, you know, the letter as he's like, kind of straddles it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say a B-plus on that. The interior art, I think the art was better in the first one than it is in this one. But not by a heck of a lot. So I'm going to say an A minus on the interior art. Um, and the story, it loses a little something just because there's some things that occur in it. And I think it's because of plot. Like, you know, we have to figure out a way to get a Cobra out. So we're going to come up. We're going to let these people be so ridiculously gullible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still kind of fun. And I'm going to say just a B on the story. And overall, I'll give this one a B plus. Okay. So that's it for our first focus on the spirit. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And I hope you get back to us on it. Let us know what you think of this character, what your experience is, what you think of our take on it. And if you have any recommendations for the next time we take a, a deeper dive into uh, the spirit's history, you know, what should we look at? I just took a quick glance at the next quote-unquote cover of the next story, and its opening is a little different. He's the spirit is like where where it normally would look like a city background. He he's actually behind the quote-unquote city background, like he's leaning over the city, resting his hands on the buildings. Looking out at the reader, uh-huh. 
with uh, off to his uh, off to the right of, of him, it, you know, it has the spirit written in uh, like a different, slightly stretched font with uh, darker. The letters are darker at the bottom and uh, lighter at the top. So it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. It's different. And I glanced through a few more, and they all seem to be different up until like you know four or five. I, I didn't keep going. So it's a nice touch. Not being complacent, you know, and just doing the same opening title or the same o- opening to uh, to each one. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Oh, wait, no. I did that joke in the beginning. Never mind. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, sorry, I was eating a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs>